0: cyber criminals are constantly searching for ways to access your personal data. As a young adult, college or high school student, your data is at a higher risk of being stolen. Unfortunately, there are multiple assets available to help these malicious actors compromise your systems. Many are aware of the vulnerabilities in their daily life that cyber criminals will exploit. From the morning to the night, your devices are continuously at risk of malware. So using those devices wisely will only help protect your privacy. Cybersecurity impacts everything around you. And today it matters more than ever. Hello, my name is Matej Lamba and you're listening to Cybersecurity in the Modern World. A podcast that outlines the importance of cybersecurity and informs you of the steps that you can take to better protect your devices. Our first episode is called Daily Life, where we will go through the life of a college student named John. John is attending a college in LA and his day consists of him waking up, going to school, doing work, and then coming back to his apartment. We will talk about the countless ways in a single day where his devices may be at risk. I'm excited to start this journey with you, let's get right to it. The first point of attack comes in the morning, right when he wakes up. Like most people, the first thing John does after working up is that he checks his phone. This little device holds a lot of your personal data and is a direct target for one of the cyber criminals' favorite methods of stealing your information, phishing. On a smartphone, a phishing attack may come onto your phone in the form of a text message, direct message on social media, and spam email. Downloading files or clicking on links from a cell phone downloads malware onto your phone, which they can then use to access even more sensitive information. Cybercriminals can also gain access into your phone through spy apps. These are applications created by hackers, which would allow them to do anything with your phone if downloaded and used. Christian Espinoza, a leader in cybersecurity and president and founder of Alpine Security, told me more about mobile security, and the mistakes that many of us make when using apps and unknowingly giving cyber criminals full permission to do what they please. Whenever you install an application, applications will often ask for uh, like on your phone. They'll ask for a lot of things. And most people just click yes, 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 yes. They'll ask for like permission to use your camera, permission to turn on your mic, permission to access your contact list. You know, if it's an application that I take notes on, you know, does it really need permission to all those things, for instance? Probably not. So the more permissions you give something, and if that one thing is compromised, like the application is compromised and it has permissions to all these things, the larger the impact is going to be uh, towards you. So, if like that application can turn your microphone, then like on my phone right here, uh, if my one of the applications is compromised that has access to my my microphone, my microphone could be on right now, and my phone could be recording everything I'm saying and I'm sending it to somebody. You may have done this before and malicious apps are more than capable of hacking your microphone and even your camera, which leaves an infected smartphone user with literally no protection. And it often isn't easy to identify these malicious apps. Cell phones are our primary target for cybercrime, not just in the morning, but throughout the day. One of those areas of concern are apps. When we go to download an app for our smartphone, we are unable to check what the app contains. We can't take a look at the code that is running the app nor can we test it out. We simply have to put our trust into the creators and the app stores to give us secure working applications. Although app stores have rigorous security procedures and strict guidelines to identify which apps are safe enough to be published, quite a few still manage to seep through the cracks. In an article by gadgets. Now researchers found 17 apps on Google play that were considered dangerous. And although this may seem like a small number, these 17 apps were downloaded onto 550,000 devices. These applications looked fairly harmless. Some were car racing games, others were barcode scanners, and there were also wallpaper and weather applications. But in the end, they all turned out to be malicious in some way. Now these dangerous applications will download links and files onto your device if you don't use your devices with the proper care. Smartphone users like myself can get carried away when they're absorbed in their screens and this may lead to you accidentally clicking on links, files or downloading apps that could be malicious. Hence, it is important to always be mindful when using your phone so you avoid doing something that you will regret later on. After checking his phone, John goes through his morning routine and then sits down for breakfast. And during breakfast, he turns on his TV to catch up on the news and watch a show before he heads out for school and work. And this brings us to our second point of attack, smart TVs. According to the data in a study done by the Leichmann Research Group, also known as LRG, there are now about 400 million connected TV devices in the United States. This is a huge jump in numbers from 2015, when there were close to 250 million connected TV devices. And these highly popular devices can become a gateway for cyber to compromise your system and even possibly stalk you. These attacks are beginning to rise, and it shows that cybersecurity is affecting our lives in ways we wouldn't ever imagine. These smart TVs are connected to the internet, which is what makes it possible for users to watch Disney+, Netflix, Hulu, and even play games. According to a study done by the FBI, hackers can take control of smart TVs, and from there, they are able to change the content being displayed on the TV, fiddle with the sound, and turn it on and off however they wish. The scariest part of hackers taking control of your smart TV is that they can compromise the microphone and or camera and turn your beloved device into their own personal spy. They can listen to whatever you are saying and monitor each and every word. Hackers can very well extort you out of money since they can threaten to release your private conversations and experiences online if you refuse to pay them. This destroys all sense of privacy but more importantly Since your phone and smart TV are both connected to your home Wi-Fi, hackers can compromise one device and then take control of all the other devices connected to your network from tablets and laptops to smartwatches and security cameras. The people trying to gain access to your smart TVs are mainly part of a group called bot herders. This term is used to describe a cyber criminal that finds vulnerable systems and compromises the devices that are part of that system. From there, They can use these devices to form a botnet a botnet is a collection of computers and systems which have been compromised and can be used to infiltrate other networks hackers use botnets to generate traffic and then aim that traffic at some network this traffic can be an enormous amount of requests to visit websites watch videos display messages or anything really that requires a connection with the server botnets can get exceptionally dangerous as large enough ddos or distributed denial-of-service attacks can cause permanent damage to a system and are even capable of destroying it. For example, GitHub, a leading software company, was hit with an enormous DDoS attack in 2018 and it significantly harmed their networks to the point where their services were shut off for 9 minutes in total. Now this may not seem like a big deal, but you have to keep in mind that this is a Fortune 500 company that spends millions of dollars a year to protect their critical systems from cyber attacks. Smaller companies have had to deal with DDoS attacks as well, and due to their lack of security resources, the effects of DDoS attacks on them are much severe. Hackers launch DDoS attacks from botnets and can use your personal devices, like smart TVs, to increase their arsenal and send out traffic to further their criminal campaigns. Smart TVs are part of a broader group called IoT, or Internet of Things. This term describes unique technological devices that are connected to the internet and used to exchange or communicate data. Laptops, PCs, and smartphones are considered IoT devices, but we are not generally considering them IoT because we expect them to be connected to the internet. Whereas TVs, watches, refrigerators, and security systems are devices that we don't necessarily expect to have an internet connection, but they do. Now these IoT devices are becoming a normality within households. Google Home, Alexa and Ring are just some of the devices that people are buying to keep at their houses and each one of them can become compromised. We will go into more depth about IoT in another episode. So continuing on with John's day. After he is done with breakfast and watching TV, he gets ready to leave the house and head on out to school. Before he leaves, he says, hey Google, what's the weather for today? And asks his Google Home, how is the traffic this morning? Then he turns on his alarm system and leaves the house. These steps may seem harmless, but just like smart TVs, IoT devices like Google Home, Amazon Alexa, and alarm systems like Ring can be hacked as well. In 2019, a criminal hacked into a family Ring camera in Mississippi and was able to monitor the bedroom of the three children, all girls living in the house. And as scary as this sounds, it unfortunately gets even worse. The hacker started playing nursery rhymes through the camera and this audio was projected throughout the room. One of the girls in that room heard the tune and turned around and asked if anyone was there. The hackers response, it's Santa, your best friend. This family had just bought their ring camera four days earlier. So this just goes to show how quickly a cyber criminal can compromise your devices, if not properly secured. Ahmed Banafa, media expert on IoT, blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, and College of Engineering professor at San Jose State University, talked about how we can secure our IoT devices to prevent situations like what happened in Mississippi. The weakest link in the whole ecosystem is the user. Many steps, one of them is change the password, default password, and add the two-factor authentication. At least you have one more obstacle in front of the hackers and uh, make sure the two-factor authentication is based on an app, not just on a text message. And that's gonna give you a third level of protection in this case. Once John finishes setting up their alarm system, he heads out to school. He picks up his car keys and turns the ignition and begins his trip to campus. And as surprising as this may seem, our next point of attack occurs at this very time, vehicle hacking. Nowadays, newer cars are full of computers. Sensors, GPS platforms, and other interconnected systems are basically what make up the newest line of vehicles. And since these are computers now, they can be hacked. Some people own cars that can be opened via their mobile phones. So if hackers get access to your smartphones, then they will be able to take control of your vehicle. Additionally, the newer versions of cars with all of their high-end tech are connected to the internet in some way, so hackers can leverage this to this advantage. And if they do manage to hack into your vehicle, the outcomes could be life threatening. They could stop the brakes, track your GPS to see where you live, use power locks to force acceleration, access the mobile phones connected to your car, and even stop the engine. All of these parts are controlled by microprocessors in the computer of your car so cyber actors could technically control everything if they're able to get in. Although we haven't seen that many attempts to hack into vehicles, there have been alarming cases that show how hackers are beginning to focus their attention on hacking cars. These situations show the public that a vehicle cybersecurity industry is going to be more and more critical going forward. One specific takeover happened in 2015 when a security researcher team hacked the controls of a Jeep 10 miles away and change the radio station, turn the power off, and force the windshield wipers to turn on. These are all seemingly harmless things to do, but if there was a malicious actor trying to act the vehicle, the outcome could have been a lot worse. When the automotive cybersecurity company Karamba Security posted a fake vehicle electronic control unit online, over 25,000 attempts to compromise the system were made in only three days. These situations just go to show that the newer versions of cars are very attractive options for hackers and malicious cybercriminals to attack. After John arrives on campus, he sits down in class to attend lectures and then goes to the library to finish his work. No matter the situation, John will eventually open his laptop at some points to either take notes, research topics or submit homework. And this leads us to the next point of attack. With cars and even internet of things, hackers are not launching hundreds of thousands of attacks against these devices continuously. But computers have been around longer than the other devices. So hackers have developed a unique arsenal of powerful methods to try and compromise your data. Phishing links, fraudulent websites, and fake updates from your computer's operating system are all ways that cyber criminals can gain access to your personal information. They can also download malware onto your computer that tracks all of your activity. So for example, if you log into your bank account, then the cyber actors will be able to track your login information and then use it for their own malicious purposes. We will discuss more about computer security in another episode. But the main point that I want to get across here is that keeping your computer safe should be your top priority, especially if you are using a laptop that your employer is providing. Because if malware is downloaded onto your work laptop, cybercriminals can then spread throughout the network and cause even more damage. In the middle of school, John leaves campus to go get lunch and meet up with friends to find something to eat. And some of the restaurants that he visits offer free public Wi-Fi, so he connects to it. This may seem intriguing and beneficial at first, but you have to remember that this internet isn't protected with any password, so anyone has access to the network. Hackers can log on to the network and launch a variety of attacks which would allow them to see the details of all the traffic coming through the network. You would be surprised to see how easy it is for a public Wi-Fi to become corrupted, but that doesn't mean you need to stop using them altogether. If you download and begin using a VPN, a virtual private network, it will exponentially decrease the chance of your data becoming compromised. After lunch, John returns to campus and then drives back home to finish out his day. The various points of attacks we discussed earlier, such as mobile devices, technologically advanced cars, internet of things devices, and computers repeat themselves a cycle with every and any opportunity for cyber attack. Practicing proper cybersecurity measures throughout your day will decrease the chance of your private information being compromised. So I once again recommend that you follow the basic steps of using a VPN, creating strong passwords and using the internet wisely. A VPN is known as a virtual private network and it is used to give you privacy when using a public network or even a network at your house. The way it works is it basically changes your IP address, which is a numerical label given to each device. Your IP address depends on the network you are connected to, so it varies if you go from your home router to a local coffee shop. A VPN should most likely be turned on when you are accessing public Wi Fi, such as the Wi Fi at Starbucks. If you fail to use a VPN, then other strangers on the same network are able to launch attacks to track your browsing data and take a look at everything you are doing on your device. A VPN has the ability to make your online actions almost untraceable, so I recommend using one if you decide to join an unprotected public network. Regarding IoT devices, Professor Bonafa from San Jose State talked about how adding an extra layer of security to your ring setup or other devices will help create a stronger defense against hackers trying to compromise your system. Remember. We talked about the family in Mississippi that were hacked by a cyber criminal who spoke to their daughters over their security system. It turns out that they did not have any two-factor authentication and the cyber actors were able to compromise the system without this extra layer of protection. We will discuss more ways to secure these specific devices in later episodes, but two-factor authentication is a huge part of protecting your devices. For example, if you have a 1Password authentication, then increasing that to two passwords will increase your level of security. The idea is that if one layer of security helps, then two or three will be even better. Although simple, it has been proven to be highly effective and is still widely used when protecting highly classified information. Fingerprints, answers to personal questions, and patterns are other ways of authentication after a password. This tactic can become very time consuming and expensive so it is not practical for all users in every scenario. The average civilian probably will not need this type of security for their email address, but in order to protect classified documents and bank account information, multiple factor authentication does become more important. You may be surprised at how many different ways cyber criminals can attack you and compromise your network, and you may even feel a sudden urge to shut down your network or destroy all of your devices. Rather than doing that, Listen to the next few episodes, which go over each specific areas of technology that we discussed here, IoT, mobile, computer, and home networks. These episodes will give you some insight into how to properly secure these devices. Cybersecurity should be taken seriously, and it is no longer just a corporate problem. In this episode, we went over the many different ways in a single day that cybercriminals can compromise your devices. As we discussed. There are many different points of attack that cyber criminals can use to exploit your devices. But if you follow proper security protocols and use the internet wisely, you will be able to exponentially decrease the risk of identity theft. Thank you to everyone for tuning into the first episode of Cybersecurity in the Modern World. Be sure to visit my social media pages and if you have any questions, you can send them to me at MontageCyber at gmail.com. Thank you all once again and I will see you in the second episode.